Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, we would like to acknowledge the original people of this land, Los Angeles, the Keek, Chumash, and Tongva people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present, and welcome any First Nation people listening to the pod today. Salmon or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather, together we're weirder, we're weirder together. You feel there's something lacking and that we don't introduce ourselves formally at the beginning of our episodes? I mean, when I listen to some podcasts, but I always feel a little self-conscious saying, hi, this is Ioni Sky. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I feel like such an overt familiarity with, and especially because our name's in the title, we did together with Benley and Ioni Sky, that it's like a, a truism. You yeah, know? we already said it. But should we do it? Should we get, what, what about if we introduce each other? Like Freedom. Do they do that? No, but I'd like to give you, oh, like, no, I'd like to they? gas you up oh, a little bit. gas me up. Okay. Uh, my co-host today is actress, director, writer, painter, a renaissance woman, style icon, uh, alternative uh, alternative hero, hero who living her life, <laughs> living her life on the edges of, of mainstream culture, yet, yet dipping one toe in, one toe out, inspiring generations of, of young women to embrace both their femininity and humanity, as well as their edge and wit and intellect and acerbic nature. Uh, please welcome Ioni Sky. Now you can intro me. Yeah. Did you say acerbic? Yeah. Like a little dry, spicy. a little biting, a oh, little biting. spiciness, you know, yeah. Yeah, biting, dry. Yeah, yeah. My co-host is the uh, beautiful baby, Ben Lee. The um, <laughs> I think I'm the beautiful father. Beautiful father, <laughs> the um, child extraordinaire, the enfant terrible. Um, started his career at 14 with... Uh, noise addict and we love the songs away with the pixies and um <laughs> the man who romanced a lot of actresses with his love songs the host the container of a lot of creativity and um pep talks for all of us in our in the w close and wide community i don't know what that means <laughs> I, like, I like the close and wide community that's cool <laughs> he's been a producer of mine for videos and short films and of my children. <laughs> um, welcome, Ben Lee. Wow, yeah. that's great. We've like eaten up, you know, somewhere almost close to 10% of our time just doing those intros. It's feeling good. Yeah, yeah I'm getting yeah. good at them. Yeah, that was really, I, I was actually super impressed by that because with Charles, you were nervous about it last I, week. I just didn't, the thing that, the, this is here, my acerbic part. I wanted to just do it like profesh, but you did a kind of pro you did an intro to me doing an intro or a preamble or you something. preambled my intro and it threw me but i did that again today and it didn't throw you well eh, i'm just i've just <laughs> oh, you think surrendered. you could have been better you think there could have been a better showing had i just had we just intro i thought it would know. sound more profesh okay not that i need to be professional but i just i i wanted to just do it so it sounded like a real radio 
host. Yeah, I know. I always like to do things like just a little bit like undermine them as they're happening. I know that's you're also one of your and you know descriptors would be you're an upsetter. Mm, I upset you quite a lot. Lee Scratch Perry and the Upsetters? No, there's yeah. a band, really? Yeah, there was his band. You know. Well, there you go. Facts. I got a million of them at my fingertips. <laughs> that's, that's a line from uh, Manhattan. But, you know, I don't know if we can quote Woody Allen, but Diane Keaton says that. Speaking of Upsetters, we watched that documentary that neither of us had heard of, We Live in Public. Right. The Andy, I think Andy Timmerner, who did Dig, the Danny yeah. Warhol's Brian Jones Sam Massacre doco. And this is one she did. It seemed like she'd started it before that because she'd been filming it through, you know, I guess the, when was it? Like mid, mid nineties she'd started and, um, and finished it after. And it was fascinating. We watched it because Maddie Healy and Carve Zahidi had talked about it on that episode of Getting Stoned with Carve. And, um, yeah, yeah what, if what you don't you f- know about this, it's yeah. someone who started, uh, what did he start? Well, he times? sort of like preempted the internet like three times. Like he 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 was kind of a a bit of a crazy visionary who understood that uh, we were all going to be connected online and our lives were going to be much more public. And then it culminated in a hotel that basically was like a a twenty four hour live stream where people like had a no nightclub, a nightclub, yeah. kind of not a nightclub, but Tara Subkoff and my friend uh, Jonathan Craven, Craven, Johnny Craven, yeah, were in it. For yeah, s- it was about Josh Harris was his name. Yeah, the guy he was the entrepreneur, and uh, and he ended up in uh, Ethiopia teaching basketball. <laughs> he lost <laughs> lost about forty pounds. God, I really hope like. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are headed for similar destinies where I do think like a great humbling is required. Yeah. But what do you think of the docker? I thought it was great. I mean, I was, the beginning scared me because I hate any thoughts of parents or people dying and it starts, but that's an amazing scene. Yeah. I thought it was an amazing documentary. I thought it was depressing, but really good and interesting. And the club that, well, the hotel looked, um, like a nightmare to me. I don't know if I would have even done it in my 20s. It's weird. I was, I must have been living around the corner from there. I mean, that was through the nine, the New Year's into the millennium yeah. it was open for. You were and there. I was there, but I have no memory of anyone vaguely mentioning it. I was too caught up in my own imagination. Well, you were head. relaxing in a beautiful Soho loft. Yeah, I wasn't going to be living in bunk beds, being live streamed to anyone else in another bunk. And you like experimental things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I was I was definitely interested in it. And then we heard on um, the um, Iron, Pod. Iron Pod, yeah, they were talking about, there was a old, they were replaying an old Jonah Hill thing where he was saying apparently he optioned the film and he wants to play him. I wonder if Jonah's like roles though are going to be, like when you go, I don't want to get into the Jonah Hill thing, but once you go through a public relations kind of disaster, does it change, as an actor, does it change the roles that you want to play after? I'm sure. I mean, the thing, if that would be a really good role for him to play to sort of, not save face, but the Josh Harris, is that who is uh, yeah. started the internet or what this <laughs> documentary is about, is a very unlikable character. And if Jonah Hill played a complex, unlikable character... Who had this weird clown alter ego called Lovey that he would go into business meetings with investors, like, and like dressed in crazy clown makeup. Sabotaging yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a way, the art 
imitating life sort of aspect and the and playing an unlikable character is probably the best move rather than playing a likable character because do you know what I'm saying? But is that because like Hugh Grant, he didn't then go and play sleazy characters. He tried but, to redeem himself. And but all like, he he had a a sex worker. Yeah, right. And he still, wasn't married. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying no, he did I'm anything wrong. I'm just saying that- it was a public relations disaster for him. Like his reputation as a romantic leading man was damaged. But I think. I mean, a lot of people view that as. An, was he married at the time? Yeah, he was married. That's not correct. But yeah. anyway, but for, but seeing a, a transvestite sex worker to me is not as bad as. Um, you know, verbally abusing. Sure, of course, of course. So I'm just saying that Hugh Grant, I'm glad that he kept doing leading men. But I guess the thing is like, say someone like Courtney Love, she capitalized on her reputational kind of struggles with the roles she chose. I just she, think, you know, that's, a better, that's the role. That's the way Jonah should go. I think if I was his reckon. manager, I would say better... Better you do. I'm do. I'm doing like a. a <laughs> You're doing like a like a, a, a Jewish agent PR like. I know. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yes. But, tell me. No, but, tell me, Shylock. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> um, I was getting like worried about um in BoJack Horseman there was a an agent who was portrayed very overly Jewish and I was like that's a bit anti-Semitic. Oh, the turtle. The, the turtle. turtle but turtle you know. I, where I'm currently, I'd never watched it. You'd watch some of it with Kate. Goldie just finished the whole series and said she made me promise to watch it. So I'm working my, I've just finished, I'm on my last episode of season three. It's an awesome show. Yeah. And it gets deeper and deeper. It's but- one of the like few truly heartbreaking animated series. Has there ever been anything like that before? I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> Said with such confidence and no Listen, evidence. Yeah. Oh, Nana, this um, ja- yeah, yeah, Japanese yeah, yeah. animated. Yes, I guess I should have said American. Has there been yeah, like maybe. an American TV? I'm sure. Yeah, no. I'm sure. <laughs> no, but definitely uh, there's been, yeah, heartbreaking. Some cartoons that we watched with the kids over the years, sort of heartbreaking. I had the funniest thing with a little bear cartoon. I think I must have been very hormonal. Okay, this I is was- a cartoon Goldie used to watch. It was like a really sweet forest creatures type family cartoon. Yeah. I'm pregnant with Kate and I'm at um, Tatiana von Furstenberg's house in Big Bear and her little kid who's like a year older than Kate. So I'm about to give birth, but Antonia is a little kid watching Little Bear and I got so depressed watching Little Bear, but I think it was my hormones. Because then later, when they evened out, I thought it was very good and very relaxing. But it is kind of like taking a walk through the forest, that show. And it's got that, like, nature has melancholy oh, in it. Oh, pl- she- <laughs> I- <laughs> Tell me about Jeez, it. Jeez, Louise, yeah, yeah. I get very melancholy with nature. I don't know if it's also just an intellectual thing, but, like, meaning... Well, let me say what I'm trying to say. Um, Speak, sister, preach. When I go to places that are quote unquote vortexy. Oh, like Sedona, Sedona, Arizona. Sedona, yeah. Ojai. Topanga. Topanga. Yeah, Joshua Tree. The, the the Black Forest in Germany. That I loved. That you were deeply moved. Yeah, you but broke moved down in, in tears. The, I was moved in the right way in the Black Forest. Uh, you get moved in the wrong way in Yeah, because like I go to Ojai and I'm elated for a little bit and then I get depressed. I hear you. You know what else I get? This is a sort of similar, not so much. Places like the fancy part of Sunset Plaza 
and the south of France or like I've never been to Monte Carlo, but certain places that are, I don't know, they're they're not bougie, but they're fancy and it feels like nothing bad can happen. But wait, I like the idea that Sunset Plaza is an energy vortex. Well, this is what I'm saying. It's sort of the opposite of that, uh. where I'll go there and it's kind of so safe and everything looks so clean and it's and I'll feel safe for a while, but then I'll get bored. Uh. So naturey vortex places, elation, melancholy, sunset plaza glam, style. Glam stuff. You like glam. Sort of glamour. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, or even not even the glamorous ones, but those places that are like, you know, nice shopping districts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like in, a mall. In Paris. No. no. <laughs> Jesus, you're ruining it. Sorry, keep going. Not a mall. A mall now. It's a mall is a whole other thing. Yeah. Would do you find spiritual healing at the Grove? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, you're not letting me finish my. Sorry. I'm just go ahead. Saying go ahead. Go those ahead. places, I feel safe, but then I'll feel bored. Whereas the nature ones, I go from elation to melancholy and depression. Mm. Do you get it? To anybody, no, no, beautiful I do, babies? I, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. It's like- um, A mall is a whole other vibe. So the volatility of these energetic spaces, it puts you on a roller coaster. Like, the, the, like places like Ojai or Sedona or whatever, it's like they're radical ups and downs. Radical maybe, but I'm just saying that- Whereas at Sunset Plaza, you get like a nice cruisy vibe. And then I get a little- And you get a little bored. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So this is the, the eternal question I think that we all face is- Ohio Sunset Plaza. Like, where, where do we want to go with our lives? Do we want to surrender ourselves to the machinations, the wild, tumultuous flow of nature? It's like that game that where you write the name of, you write like five people, you know, to marry. Oh, yeah. And then five locations, five jobs, five cars, five pets, and then you tick them off. So, would you rather have a permanent house? off of Sunset Plaza or in Ojai. It's a core issue. We're going to leave you with that just for a moment. Just think about that. We don't want to answer it. Together we're weird, we're weird together. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I was a little melancholy a couple days ago because um, I had a very creative few days. My friend uh, Nina Jirachi, the Australian EDM artist and producer and DJ, was here, and we put together these incredible three days of like songwriting sessions. We had incredible people coming, and there was no specific goal to it except to like, like she's sort of like, I kept calling her like an intuitive AI machine where like you could just feed her musical ideas and she would chop them up and turn them into stuff. So we had like John Vanderslice and Alex Greenwald, who was in Phantom Planet and uh, Lem J and anyway, all these great people. And we would just spent a few days just on this like really creative high. And it's amazing how that kind of thing, it only has real meaning because it ends 
You know what I mean? It's like a it's like a romantic fling or something. But then when it ends, you're left with this thing of like, when will I have that again? When's I it coming? I know around? you have to trust and believe these things will happen. But what's nice about it is people try to um, create those things, and they do. Who's the artist who did that staring? Uh, oh, Marie. Marina Abramovich. Yeah, yeah, you do these sort of adult camps, artists camps, and you could you know you make a space, and sometimes they really work. You know, the obvious is like the factory or I don't even know. There's so many probably examples, but sometimes trying to make it happen sucks out the, you know, air, but sometimes you can organize it, but you organize this, but it was sort of, I don't know. It just had that kind of impromptu. That's sort of the idea. Like when people are like, I want to just make a movie like Cassavetes. I'm sure it was not easy for Cassavetes, but you have this idea that you're just going to like grab a camera and, you know, be on holiday at a cool house and just make a movie with the people you're with and, you know, no studios and no people looking over you. And, you know, but the, but this really did sort of work in that way. I mean, you organize it, but yeah. Well, I think part of it is, I, I really believe that thing I heard Woody Allen say once that like 90% of making a movie is casting. You know, I really believe that, that like when you put a group of people together and everyone comes in the right headspace and it's the right group, something interesting will come out. But also removing the sort of expectations of what that has to be. Like we actually didn't come out with one full song even. We came out with like six you know, half to three quarter done ideas or whatever. And they might be music that gets, finds a lot of different lives in many different projects. But I think that's part of it too, that having that, just creating a play space where you go, hey, whatever comes out of this is going to be interesting. So it was a vibe. I want to do more of that. I look at how like, I think like Beyonce and Kanye and artists like that often do things like that where they set up these kind of writing camps, but those are quite ego-driven in the sense that they're looking to get material for their next records. Yeah. Whereas this is a little looser. It's sort of like, hey, let's see what happens. Well, yeah, it's it not go. the pressure. Sometimes I perform well under pressure when I have a job and you just have to, you know, you've got to learn your lines and prepare and all of that. And then sometimes it's nice, like with painting, anytime I have a commission, I find it a little trickier than when I'm just painting sort of for myself. Um, but I was thinking that the very beginning of uh, the lockdown when Tyler, the creator, he was on the mountain in yeah, yeah. Switzerland <laughs> yeah, or, or something or Aspen. It, or something. Aspen, it was this amazing video where there's like, I don't know if it was snow outside, but it looked unreal. And he's he's making music and uh, it was just like fascinating to take advantage of that moment. Well, it is the dream, isn't it? Just sitting around with people you'd like in a sort of protected space with the freedom to yeah. explore your creativity. I was I've had a couple days in a row of having these uh dreams in the morning and I'm not going to describe the dream don't worry beautiful babies. But it's really <laughs> funny because Ben to sleep will put on earbuds and listen to AirPods, AirPods. Yeah, not every night sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, sorry. Yeah. He's not he's not <laughs> no, addicted just, to it. No, no, it just makes it that that's a little weird if every night I could only sleep no. falling asleep to podcasts. No, no, but no shame, do, no yeah. shame. No, he doesn't. But in the morning, for example, like, you know, when you wake up and you have a moment, if you do, to kind of relax. And I thought, oh, I'll do that too. You know, I'll, usually I'm reading or watching a show or something like that um, before bed sometimes or whatever. Anyway, and in the morning, but the first two nights I put, in the morning rather, and I had the AirPods in and my dream was 
me just like having something like I'm in a scene in my dream and I'm like, Ugh, I can hear, oh, I've got these AirPods. And so I take them out in my dream, but I still hear the talking. And then and sometimes the people like Lauren Lapkus was in your dream because she was in your ears. That was like, this <laughs> morning. So I thought this morning, I thought instead of putting them in my ears, I'm just going to put my phone on. And I was listening to actually, how did this get made? So in that dream, I didn't have them in my ears, but I'm with Paul Shear and his family van, <laughs> and Lauren Lapkus is in the backseat. Jason Menzuk is yelling at you. <laughs> it was more just like Paul Shear's family van, which is, I don't even know if he has one, but it was really funny. And I'm just like getting a phone and pausing it, because I'm like, gosh, I can't turn off this this podcast. And then I'm like, it didn't work. Oh, that's not my phone. That's not my phone. And uh, so it goes. So I guess I can't even <laughs> listen to maybe music. You're being stri- all your comforts are being stripped away from you one it just, by one. It's, it's coming. The yeah, the talking is coming into my coming into my dream. I didn't. I didn't sleep great last night because we went to a fun party last night, and I think I often like after we go out to a party, like I'm sort of overstimulated yeah. in my mind. This was um, George Bianchini, our friend, his. Uh, fiance Christina Hendricks threw him an excellent party. She hired out Silver Lake Lounge and got his favorite band, yeah. the Warlocks, to basically do a private gig yeah. for him and his friends. And it was super fun. It was also, I was continue. I mean, this is, I'm such a like, uh, I'm so obsessed with how musicians are surviving that I was like obsessed with looking at this band. And there were a six piece band with four guitar players. And I was just like, Man, just handling like on tour, like the hotels and vans and all of that, like logistically, four guitar players in a band. Are is they like, still playing a, a lot? Oh yeah, no, they, I think they play. They play yeah. a lot. They it tour was and really stuff. good. It was really good. And I had a spotlight on me. I was not pleased about it, but it was not on. Per- it was just on the side. There was sort of this for some reason. There was different spotlights sort of in the crowd. Not not for last night. Just the way the lighting is. But then Kelly Oxford and her friend were praising my beauty, and it oh, made me feel good. You did also, have wonderful beauty. The singer from Garbage. Oh, Shirley Manson. Fellow Scotsman. I'm a half Scotswoman. She's yeah, a full. Yeah, you guys didn't chat, You've, but you are. But I, she had a spotlight on her face while she was sitting before the oh, show. Oh, so you felt this was, they were they were selecting beautiful <laughs> Scottish women and shooting spotlights <laughs> under their faces. Wasn't that weird, though? We were standing on the side, and I turned to you, and I said, we need to find Kelly in Orlando. And suddenly they just walked out of the crowd and were right there. I love that. Unlike, Beautiful little psychic, psychedelic love, Unlike moment. when we separate in a airport or something and we don't have our phones or something and I, we can, I can never psychically find you again and I get nervous we're going to miss the flight. No, we are the worst. We also saw uh, Mae Whitman was there. Retta. We saw. Who did you say? Retta. Oh, we saw Retta. We saw Yassi, um, Bandsplain Yassi. Matthew um, Wiener and oh, okay, jo- cool. Justin Kirk was yeah. a was a palace. Mary Lattimore, my September eleventh uh, birthday pal, and we had a very good talk about what type of uh, connection do you have with people who have the same birthday as you? Because my birthday is there's Mary, me, Sally Saltman, Tiffany Colchins, Tiffany Colchins, and Moby. And I was saying the thing about September 11, people is like, look at them and none of them are basic. Like they're all interesting people. They're like kind of weird. But then Mary was saying, it's so interesting to share this like tangential relationship to a national tragedy. 
that like we're really there are people who were affected way worse by 9-11 but all of us were affected in this very specific way that every time you like hand over your passport at the airport someone makes like it's like being like really tall or something or it reminds me of this funny thing matthew perry does because he has this scar on his shoulder and he'll say if you see it for the first time and you kind of go uh, like you'll make a sort of face and he'll say don't worry you didn't do it <laughs> yeah exactly and it's kind of a funny defense and a funny joke to do because people kind of go oh but it but all the people you're naming apart from Moby are very smiley yeah but Moby I think of is actually like he's he's a survivor like he's sort of a and positive an, and person a positive, in a weird way. he's yeah. got an um uh, uh, an optimism actually yeah he tries to bring good cheer yeah I think September 11 true. people do like to bring good cheer I mean this is all incredibly September 4 we don't know yeah you and Beyonce who else Mark Ronson Mark Ronson so what do you what do you have I, in I'm hoping to get the success that they have yeah, they all <laughs> made a lot of money yeah but I would say it's funny once you start looking into it of course you can make connections but it's kind of like star sign like you know when you look at all Virgos, all that you start thinking there's a commonality. And I like to, so astrology and tarot cards are the only kind of new agey things that I kind of want. I still like and to. And wheatgrass enemas. No. <laughs> Shout out Daphne Javich. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're the ones. Well, they're but they're, they're more the ones like, that I like. Even though I don't believe in it, I like I like to believe in it. Well, they're like lenses for like when I talk about all those people who I have the same birthday as. We do have things in common. I could probably pick five random people and find things in common too. But it gives you a lens for like examining it. Or I did have one bizarre day. I was at the beach ages in the eighties, and for some reason there was a table. F well, not for some reason. I was with Moon Zappa. There was like a table of people I didn't know very well. And I went around and guessed like five out of six people's uh, ast astrological signs. Yeah. Correctly? Or yes. you just guessed them? Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, but it's- Could never do it again. Random. I like how your history is peppered with these moments where you had like these transcendent, like your scarecrow dancing moment. Yeah. Your, you know, you've had these moments where you've like touched- Unique spaces. I, I I was thinking of one the other day because I'm writing uh, right now um, and my memoir and uh, I'm grappling with my feeling that I was this amazing writer inside and I re looked over my poems and writing from my 20s and I was like, wow, I thought I was better than I really was. I think that is a but, completely appropriate response to reading your poetry from in your 20s when you're in your 50s. For sure. You should think that. But once, uh, I was probably like 10 or something or 11 and I must have read, you know, Yeats or some, I don't know, I must have read some sort of like classical poet writer and i had this bizarre moment similar to dancing like the um, scarecrow and wizard of oz where i wrote one poem that was like um channeled channeled from like and i don't know where that is but it was i don't know i guess people can do that like even people on the spectrum can kind of some you know like you can kind of channel a yeah, savant i had one i had like Four minutes of being a savant. I think of like that that term channeling. I know it's like a ridiculous kind of term, but I do feel there are certain songs I've written that happen so easily and with seemingly 
such little interference from my intellect and my kind of personality. Now, obviously, all those things are operating under the surface the whole time. But, you know, it's that uh, that Laurence Olivier uh, thing, that story that he was standing on the side of the stage and before he'd go on each night, he'd say, God, grant me the power to surprise myself. Yeah. I just think it's that. It's just some some of these artistic experiences, they're all good, but some of them genuinely surprise even the person who is involved in them and what a beautiful thing that is yeah one of my uh acting teachers that was sort of the concept of getting out of to try to make that happen again is sort of getting out of your own way and letting go of um concerns so you only have the concern of what you're doing like if you're standing by a uh, fireplace and there's a clock there and you're waiting for your husband who's late and you're agitated you're not thinking, do I look good? Will I be good? You know, you're just like in the room with the f- clock on the mantle waiting for your husband. Um, so yeah, it's like if you, you know, you sort of like are trying to recreate that sort of not having any other concerns and just, you know. I love, it reminds me of that, another Cave thing with that film he did, Tripping with Cave with Will Oldham, where they're both tripping on mushrooms, lying out in the grass and Cave looks to Will Oldham and he says, Will, I love your music, so I love you. And Will goes, no. <laughs> and Carvey says, why? And Will says, because I love the music too. And Whoa. I'm so moved by that because the idea is like, even I can't identify with this thing that seems to be coming through me to me that I love and I'm in awe of and is beautiful. And if I can love it, it can't be me because there has to be subject, object, yeah. Uh, consciousness. So. Yeah, the, and that that sort of reminds me, it's sort of the same but different. Uh, same, same, but different. Same, same, same but different. Uh, when you see someone, like the difference was saying, I love your work, and or, or a fan being like, I love you. I love you, you know, to whatever, Dolly Parton, I love you. And it's sort of like, I was thinking, well, does Dolly Parton want to, f- like, it's almost scary. Or like, I mean, for them, they were friends and tripping and they probably really do love each other. But the difference with I love your work and I love you. So, you know. Well, I love your work and I love you. And I feel like I'm I'm uh, well, I hope qualified so. to say both those oh, things. Oh yeah. Um I'd like to share my tour dates because I have a bunch of tour dates coming up mm-hmm. uh, in Australia. Uh Thursday the 28th of September I'm at the Pavilion in Sutherland. Friday the 29th of September I'm at the Wanderer Festival in Pambula. Sunday the 1st of October at the Stranded Bar Fortitude Valley. Wednesday the 4th of October at La La La's in Wollongong. Thursday the 5th of October at Avoca Beach Theatre. Friday the 6th of October at the Baroque Room in Katoomba. Saturday the 7th of October at the Talagandra Hill Winery in Gundaroo. Friday the 13th of October, the Northcote Social Club, which is Melbourne. And Friday the 14th, the Kindred Ballroom in Footscray, which is also a Melbourne gig. And in amongst that, there is going to be, I'm working on this 20th anniversary, Rage in Placid Lake screening that's going to happen in Sydney. So hopefully announce that soon. But all of those uh, tickets are available now through, head to my socials. There's links in bio to all of that, but I'll put in the show notes too. So I'd love it if you guys came along and- um, See you there and be and be square. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be there and square. And I can't wait to do more Weirder Together stuff too in Australia. I feel like we're like- Oh yeah. I feel like we're like gearing up for that. Thank you guys for listening. Beautiful babies. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.